My distant New York childhood passed in apartments of dusty brick. Apartments of dusty brick, like an uncut virginal forest, rising to the sky and spreading to the shore. The same apartments that caught the explorer's eyes so many years ago and made them say, Yes, here. In these dusty brick apartments, I first comprehend the world. There is no supernatural. Only the natural. And the super. The natural we beat back, sometimes we spray. The super, we await. The natural state of man is yearning for the super, crying out over phone and intercom, in back alley and boiler room, in all the places where the super should manifest, but seldom does. Sometimes he came, but when he did, he came unexpectedly, inconveniently, and in my childish way of thinking, he came not to heal or fix. He only came to punish. No business of the super are cold small boys with snowballs taking aim at darts and ramblers. Another matter maybe to break the eternal light, the light that burned above the garage door to guide the nightly descent. Down to the devil in hell, one might have thought, if one thought that way. Please sound your horn, the sign said. Yes, let the devil know you're coming. But in my dusty brick apartments, no thought was given to hell or devils, though we were taught to fear the shadow men, their birthright in the basement where they lived and labored and worked the super's will. About them much was whispered, and something said outright, in the settled ancient ways and the ways of the nervous newcomer. The perfect white snow was raw material, a canvas. Humanity transforms and gives it meaning. Boot holes on the way to school, the churning jaws of the snow tire, the brave desecrations of the shivering sweated purse dog, all miracles. Most wondrous of all, to wake and haul up the blinds, leaving them askew, inviting a rebuke, worth it for the magnificent flakes against the battleship skies, not the snow, but the swirling soot, birthed and belched by the incinerator, black, substantial, and as beautifully man-made as God himself. Then, to train the eye on a single piece, curled and edged and big, like the best piece of breakfast cereal, and watch its slow concession until it came to rest on the snow below. For a moment, Absolute contrast, stark and unnerving, until a foot and then another grind out the absolutes and work them into each other. My early winter days were seldom black and white. They were equivocating grays, pragmatic, dirty yellows. But then the inexplicable days of red and green and the world is a garish sport coat. The music, different. The TV, too. Madness abounds. A red-suited fat man flies an electric razor as a fake tree sprouts on our share of seventh floor. 
white cotton on the floor warms its metal roots, and we clothe its plastic nakedness in bulbs and lights, drenching the room until it can hold no more color, and my mother says the amen. It's nice. My father points at Huntley and Brinkley. The body count, for God's sake, grab the vertical hold. And so the tree would sit, meditating, standing sentry, nearly wearing out its welcome with, careful of the tree. Soon, a special dinner with the special vegetables, the bird's eye, not the green giant. The next day, the great awakening. Mother and father in my room making the sounds of the season. Merry Christmas! Two words that to my young mind might be one or four or forty.